You may be seated. What a privilege it is for us to be here and to be asked and to be a part of DCD. We have been here a couple of times. We've at DCD, we've been with the Lees numerous times. We have, um, we were blessed to be embraced by their family and um, then to get able to meet more of the family. Serranos, I believe, is that how you say it? Serranos? Uh, today and, and to feel what we feel and to hear the word. Brother Hunley opened it up with an amazing word about our reasonable service and then today the unity and then the amazing word about the spirit of a mediator. What a powerful, powerful word. And I feel very much like we could just worship and go home because we've been blessed. And um, just the worship for all the worship teams, I know, you know, the, the most quoted scripture from the Old Testament is in a book that we ver know very little about. And I'm not even gonna preach about it tonight, but it's a, the book that means to embrace or to grab hold like a wrestling match. And it's the book of Habakkuk. And it, you know, it's probably a Levite who was uh, on the stringed instruments or was a singer or a worshiper. and. He uses the word Shiganoth, which was uh, one of the Psalms of David and all of that. But that second chapter, when he says the just shall live by his faith, he has been talking about his burdens. He's been going through. He doesn't write it to anybody. It's not written to it's not written to the children of Israel. It's not written to the children of Judah. It's not, we don't know very much about it, but it's, it's that cleaving on to God. And that's what we're feeling here in these hour is the church reaching out and cleaving unto God. And he reaches the point of, of feeling desperate, but he wraps it up by saying, although the fig tree will not produce, Although there's no herd in the stall, although all of these things may happen, yet will I rejoice. Yet will I rejoice in the name of the Lord. What a privilege it is to be able to rejoice and to rejoice together. And so I am thankful that we were able to come again and be um, here and just... Uh, if we never hear anything else, you know, it'll be all right. Thank you for letting us be a part. We, uh, we have, uh, have thoroughly enjoyed the word of the Lord. Had a great service uh, Sunday morning. But I'm gonna, uh, Brother Hunley did a masterful job out of Romans, the 12th chapter. And when he was preaching, I thought, well, you know, I, I'm gonna try to connect a few dots because that's what preachers do. We try to connect dots. And, and we're guilty of probably, you know, always trying to figure out the dots, if you will, and, and to connect those dots. And I don't know if you all 
with your children in school, but when I'm homeschooling, sometimes whenever the children were little, my grandchildren, they always had these dot pages, you know, and they were either with numbers or with the letters of the alphabet and you connected one dot. Yeah, here's one. It's kind of a, a, you know, and it's like we have to learn to count. Do you all have anything like that in And so you have to kind of step back and look at the big picture and then you have to figure out, okay, you go from one to two and and you're, or or from A to B to C and you're, you're in that process of connecting the dots. And it was so true that um, Paul gave us a great example of connecting the dots and you can find it in the book of Romans, the eighth chapter. And you that's where I'm gonna do most of my reading from and you will be able to just sort of follow along. And you know, I know um, psychologists always are trying to you know, connect the dots. Well, what started this? And was he dropped on his head when he was a child? And when did he get off the rails? And what was the sort of the antecedent, if you will? You know, you have behavior and then you have, but there's something that precedes the behavior. That's called the antecedent. And, uh, you know, we find all kinds of things. And then, you know, it's what were the consequences that you are getting out of that behavior? And, and it's kind of fun because we had a, 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 a years ago, I had a child that was being uh, always disruptive at school at about 10 o'clock in the morning. And he would just go nuts. He would turn over the desk. He would throw things on the floor. He was, you know, and so we were trying to work and he ended up in the principal's office. And here he was always. And come to find out, it was about 10 o'clock that the teacher said, now it's time to read. And this little boy had dyslexia and he couldn't read. So it was easier to throw over the desk and get sent out to the principal. The consequence of his behavior was he didn't have to read and he didn't have to let anybody know he didn't know how to read. And so... There it was. So Romans, the eighth chapter, we'll start at verse 16 and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see, you know, <clears throat> and a lot of times, you know, we try to connect dots in one direction or another. And very rarely do we do what Paul did and that is connected both to the past and then to the present and then to the future. You know, what we try to do is say, okay, if I buy this stock, then I will have this much money. Or if I do this today, maybe this will, whatever. Or I connect the dots to my past. And I'm, I've, I've been victimized because, you know, something happened when I was a child and that's why I'm angry today. And that's why if you knew what happened, then, you know, we try to build that. But let me show you how the reasonable way to connect dots, according to Paul. This is what Brother Hunley was saying. You know, we try to connect dots out of our reasoning, but the reasonable way, the God way, is how Paul wrote. Verse 16 of the eighth chapter, the spirit itself 
beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and join heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. When you are going through suffering now, you have to remember glory is coming. Amen. Glory is on the way. It may not feel glorious right now, but I've got to connect the dot that in fact something is coming. And I, I read the scripture out of 1 Peter. He, Paul is not the only one that said this, but 1 Peter said in first chapter in the sixth verse, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if you're in heaviness through manifold temptation, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. What are you saying? That my trial right now is perfecting my worship. It's perfecting my praise. It's fixing to produce glory that I will shine out into this world. The glory of God rests on me because of where I am now. In the last book that Paul wrote in 2 Timothy he gave, gave them instructions about, and, and Paul, you know, had always desired to go to Rome. He always wanted to go to Rome. He wanted to preach the gospel in Rome. He didn't realize that when he went to Rome, he was going to have to be going between the chains, between two guards. And yet, what did Paul do? He preached to those guards. In fact, it was probably the Praetorian guard which means that they were of Caesar's household, which is probably why they ended up saved. And Paul indicates in 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter, that he probably finally one day got to preach to all the Gentiles. And he tells it as a passing story. He said, when I was there, nobody stood with me. All men forsook me. But I got to preach to the Gentiles. And by the way, the lions didn't eat me. So we get a sense that when he preached, he was about to be fed to the lions. Nobody signs up for that. Nobody decides, I would like to preach the gospel to Rome in the Colosseum when the lions are coming out. And yet Paul... <laughs> For him, the dot was, I, here I am. I, I'm gonna, you know, he goes through and he says, I want you to get rid of all these things and Corinthians, not, you know, and, and yet he hammers this, go on to the 19th verse of Romans, the eighth chapter. He keeps hammering these, this, this line of dots, if you will. He says, for the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected, subjected the same in 
hope because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of the corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. What are you saying? That we realize this whole world is groaning and moaning, but connect the dots. It started with the fall of man and it's groaning now, but there is a future hope that God's glory is fixing to be revealed throughout all of the earth. I know, ground was cursed, and according to Isaiah, you know, the earth mourns, the 24th chapter fades away, the world languishes, fades away, the haughty people of the earth do languish. The earth is defiled under the habit, inhabitants thereof because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinances, broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore, the curse devoured the earth. What are you saying? Sorry to tell you this, but it's not gonna get better before he comes. Wickedness is going to increase. Sin is going to abound. And it says, and they that dwell therein are desolate. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned and few men left. What are you saying? Oh, I, I, I believe we should be cognizant and not try to, you know, be wasteful or, or try to do anything to damage the earth. But I want, to, I want you to hear me say, we are not going to be able to save this planet from the fire that's coming. It's coming. And you may say, well, I, I want to save my planet. And in, in the U.S., it's amazing that, that, you know, they are putting such fear, even in little children, that, you know, we've got to save the planet. Save the planet. I'm not for just, you know, being wasteful. I think you have to be a good steward and all of the above. But connect the dots. This curse started back in Genesis, and it's going to end up, the Bible says, until we get to Revelation when the Lord breaks the curse that is on the planet? What are you saying? I'm saying don't be afraid. God's got all of this under control. Connect the dots. It started there. It's going bad now. But one day there's going to be glory. There's going to be glory. Go back to Romans and I'm hurrying quickly. Romans the 8th chapter. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves. We have the first fruits. That's the earnest, that's the down payment, the earnest money. He said, We have received just a taste of what the glory's gonna be like. When we're up here worshiping, when we're here in the presence of the Lord, and I know, you say, well, you know, it's not this way when I go home. It's the DCD is 
awesome and it's such a wonderful time and we're all together and we pray for one another and love one another and then when we go home we have to deal with all kinds of issues at home and we groan connect the dots you're supposed to be groaning now Oh, I know we, we're here and we sit in heavenly places and for a moment we're, we're able to dance together and cry together and worship together and rejoice together. That's what heaven's gonna be like. That's future hope. <laughs> we're feeling a taste of it now, but imagine all of those in the world that don't have this moment of an oasis that they cannot feel what we feel. That's why it becomes important for us to be a mediator. That is why it's important for us to get in unity. We must show them there is a future hope that is on the way. You say, well, I'm groaning, I'm struggling. Well, then you're normal. Keep connecting the dots. Future redemption, deliverance is coming. Redemption is coming. Revelation, the 22nd chapter says, and there shall be no more curse but the throne of God and the lamb shall be in it and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face and his name shall be in their foreheads and there shall be no night there and there no need for the candle nor light of the sun for the Lord giveth them the light and they shall reign forever and ever. What are you telling me? Oh, I know I'm struggling now and I know it seems like my family's falling apart and I know it seems like everything is burning up but guess what? future hope is coming there's going to be a time when it's going to all be over Oftentimes, when I'm hanging on for something temporary that's when I need to fix my hope on something eternal because when I am feeling overwhelmed go on Romans the 8th chapter we'll just read this last few verses of this chapter. Likewise, the Spirit helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Oh, what a privilege when you feel like you don't have an answer and all you can do is groan. Don't be, don't be dis dismayed. Don't be disturbed. Oh, I know, I wish I had, I could live at DCD. I wish I didn't have to go home. I wish I didn't have to deal with well, all the problems that I have. I wish I could just stay in the prayer. That day's coming. That day's coming. That day's coming. We're going to walk down a street of gold. Oh, I feel like I'm overwhelmed. I feel like I'm just, that day, hold on, because another day is coming. Connect the dots. Realize, you know, and, and then, he, then he starts really with, when you really look at the little dots, you know, of what's going on in your life. That's when you've got to get a vision of the bigger dots. Verse 28. 
God works for those that love him. You got to know that. And we know, everybody say no, no. that all things, everybody say all things, all work things. together, work together, work together. You know, and I, I know we've all, we've all heard the analogy, you know, you make a cake and you put a couple cups of flour and, and yet if you just eat the flour by itself but if you work it together and what's so amazing is my wife said when you realize goodness and mercy have gone into my past and made those things reconciled and those things that I thought were going to destroy me they made me a different witness they made me a different powerhouse all things work together who are called according to his purpose his purpose is that we are not bound that we are not we are not addicted that we have freedom that we are blessed that we have a life here what are you saying i'm saying the big dot is god is for us number 2 god also wants us to be conformed to his purpose it's not our purpose but it's his purpose. What does he want for me? The 29th verse says, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. What are you saying? To be like Jesus? To be like Jesus? On earth I long. That's his purpose. His purpose was not that I live pain free. His purpose was not that I have a lot of money. His purpose was not that I should stay at DCD 365 days. His purpose was that I somehow reach my neighborhood, reach my family, reach my nation. Oh, when you see the ultimate, what is his ultimate end game? The number three, his ultimate end game is my glorification. The 30th verse. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, those he called. Whom he called, he justified. Whom he justified, he also glorified. What are you talking about? The end game for the Lord is my glorification. To bring him glory. Not to bring me glory, but to bring him glory. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know how he's going to get glory from this. Well, let me tell you, that's the key. You don't know how. But if you keep connecting the dots... He will get glory. That's why Paul said, somehow, I don't understand it. I thought it was going to be glorious for me to preach in Rome. But I won some guards that were with me 24-7. What are you saying? At some point, there is that first, go ahead, verse 31. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, 
know, sometimes you do have to speak to a few things. When all of a sudden you get bombarded, you have to talk back to them. When the enemy tries to come in like a flood, you have to speak to that. You say, wait a minute, I know the end game. (laughs) I know where this is going to wind up. You're going to be in jail. I appreciated what Brother Huntley said. Huntley said today when he said, "You know, we don't have to. We don't have to worry about the devil." What I always used to say, Brother Huntley, was, "I am so glad when the devil is after me because I know he's given everybody else a rest <laughs> because he can't be in more places. He's not omnipresent." If I really am locking horns with the devil, then guess what? All of y'all get ready for great revival. I'll try to hold him as long as I can. I know what his end game is. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've got a God who wants to bring life and life more abundantly. I know what the next dot is down for me. So sometimes you have to, you know, remind some things. You know what? I'm going to connect to a bigger dot. Then a couple of verses before we end the chapter. 32, 33. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. First of all, he is our savior. He is our provider He is also our justifier. What does that mean? He is the judge. He is the prosecutor and the defense counsel. And there is no jury. So when you feel the voice of the accuser and when you feel somebody trying to bring condemnation, Start connecting the dots. Say, I know in whom I have believed. I know where I'm standing. I know where who's justifying me. I know when I get my day in court. That's what Job kept saying. If I just had my day in court, then I you would understand that I'm not guilty. Guess what? I'm guilty, but the judge is in my corner. The prosecutor's in my corner. The defense counsel is in my corner. I want you to understand it is the Lord that died for us. He is my justifier. He is my counsel. And let me tell you, because he is my justifier, he does not condemn. You know the story. Jesus is going to the well and he sees the lady or and, and he... You know, ask her for a cup, never condemned her. Another time they brought a woman to him taken in the act of adultery and we all know the story. And yet, he did not violate Jewish law. Jewish law said you have to have two witnesses. 
for every word to be established. So Jesus kept his mouth shut. He's the justifier. And he just started writing in the sand. And the more he wrote, I don't know what he wrote. You remember what you did? Where were you? I don't know what he wrote. But he started writing things down. And one by one, they all dropped the stones and left. The first words Jesus speaks, he says to the woman, according to the law, where are your accusers? I got to have two witnesses. She looks around. I don't see any accusers. You know what he said? Neither do I. Oh, I know there's a voice of an accuser that will get in my ear. But you need, to, uh, you need to connect the dots and say, devil, I know where you're going to wind up. And you're not going to be in the courtroom of heaven. When I stand before the judge, when I stand before the king of kings and the Lord of lords, the justifier, verse 34, that's why Paul would say, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God who also maketh intercession for us. If he's praying for me, there's nothing that can defeat me. There's nothing that can destroy me. There's nothing that can overwhelm me because I've connected the dots. The judge is on my side. And then he goes through what, who, not what, but who. You know why he says it, who? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Why did he say who? Because there's only one that can separate me. Me. When I back up, say, Lord, I don't know if you love me. I don't know. Those people weren't real. Those people didn't. He said, who shall separate me from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution. What will? No, who will? Nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in. Here he goes. I am, uh, go back to that slide. I, I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature can separate me from the love of God. It is so easy when you're by yourself to forget I'm part of a plan. And that's one of the beautiful things about DCD. And Brother Tim, I thank you again. I've told you that. Let's give, let's give Tab joy and fellowship of joy a hand. Because for just a moment, 
I can escape. I escape all what I'm going through for just a moment. And then I'll find myself dealing with tired children and homeschooling. And if I'm not careful, I'll forget. I got to keep connecting the dots. I know what the past was. And oh, that's what preachers do. We're, we're always trying to say, I know you don't, you don't get how can coming up here and shouting and dancing and worshiping and singing help my marriage? just embracing the Lord and it connect the dots it just gets me in the presence of the Lord something happens to my home how can coming and just fellowshipping for a few days what's that going to really do that, that, that doesn't change that doesn't put money in my bank account in fact I, I'm guilty of probably shopping too much huh what can it do but connect the dots. It gets me mine, my mind, me thinking, you know what? The Lord's coming again. Well, this is what just a taste. This is the earnest of what heaven's going to be like when we lay our crowns at his feet, when we lay down and say, oh, when I get to see, when I get to hug some of you and there's, I don't have to sit on a plane for 28 hours to do it. I just can walk right next door and say, how are the Lees doing today? Let's go walk down the river of life and the street of gold. And, huh? This is just an earnest, but I got to keep connecting the dots. This is what heaven's going to be like. Oh, I know what I came from. There were not a lot of friends out there. There was not a lot of joy out there. But when I got here, I know my life might be hard now. But one of these days, I'm going to connect the dots and walk down a street of gold. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's stand. you to come. We're just going to thank I him know that you will never for what's on his way. Me in my weakness. The curse is fixing to be I broken. Know that you have come now. <laughs> you 